Welcome back, everybody. This is Nate Johnstone again with Things Christians Want to Know. And Paul Anderson is here. Hello, Nate. What, what do you want to know? You're a Christian. Oh, my. There's a lot more that I don't than I do. So I'd like to know more on the incarnation for sure. For sure. I, I like what you said there. That I think the the closer we get to the Lord, the more we realize we don't know, the more we realize we don't have it all together. Um I think that's why, honestly, I think that's why the Apostle Paul ends up towards the end of his life saying, I'm the chief of sinners. At the beginning, he's sort of like, hey, I'm an apostle too, which was accurate. But then towards the end, he's like, ah, whatever. Don't pay. I'm the chief of sinners. So I'm basically nothing. Um, And that wasn't like, he wasn't depressed. He was just, he was close enough to the Lord at that point to see his own frailty. Mm -hmm. And... I think that's a humble way to look at it. And our ultimate example of humility, I think, is Jesus. And we see that we've been talking about the incarnation, the birth, and shortly after that, as well as the death of Jesus. And we keep talking about those together because they Mm -hmm. are together. They're the two bookends to Jesus' life, um, the two covers. And there is important stuff in the middle. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Uh, There's there's a lot of good bits in the middle of that book. Um, But the the birth, the incarnation, and the um, crucifixion and resurrection are the the reasons he came, the points. I love the season of Advent and Christmas because I love coming back to these texts that talk about the incarnation. I, I, every year I look forward to that. And I, I think that's why, you know, church seasons have come and gone out of popularity, but Advent and Lent have stuck with a lot of different traditions. Mm-hmm. Um even people who wouldn't call it Lent, they're going to talk more about the crucifixion and more about the death and resurrection around Easter. And people are going to talk more about the birth of Jesus around Christmas. Yes, indeed. And I, I think there's a reason that those two have remained is because they're so they're so important and so captivating. And they really encapsulate in a lot of ways who God is. God is the one who's willing to leave heaven to become one of us. That's who God is. He's coming after us. We can never make it to him. And so he came after us. And that kind of is God in a nutshell. It's pretty amazing. So we've been talking about the humility and the risk of the resurrection. We've been talking about how... The resurrection. Sorry, the risk of... There there may have been some risk at the resurrection. I don't think so. The the risk of the birth. Um, Mary going uber pregnant, having a baby in a barn. These are risky things. Herod finding out, trying to kill him. That's a risk. They have to run. They have to become refugees. Uh, I mean, there's just so many things about this story that is beyond hum- humility. Uh, humility. It's into the humiliating category. And that to me makes it more amazing. It makes it more praiseworthy. One thing that I see here is uh, what's this shepherd stuff here? Yeah, that is is an interesting thing. So you've got this mass choir and they come out to sing and who's who who comes out well if the son of god is going to be born maybe you're going to empty out heaven i mean maybe this is the, all of them could be no one's staying home but everyone's coming out to sing who do they sing to you would expect them to show up in jerusalem wouldn't you and say hey by the way the messiah's born he's just a little south yeah you maybe check him out if you want it no they don't do it in jerusalem 
They don't even do it in the middle of Bethlehem. They don't show up right above the town. Mm-hmm. It's outside of town in the pastures. Mm-hmm. Why? Why not do Jerusalem? Well, there's a passage in 1 Corinthians that I think speaks to it. And I'm going to turn there. It's in 1 Corinthians 2, which says something about the crowd. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you are wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised, maybe shepherds, in the world, even things that are not, to drink to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. That'll preach. It'll preach, and it's it's very poetic too, in, in Greek especially. And it's, again, that's a great nutshell scripture. Yeah, because that that explains the humility of the birth. It does explains the whole incarnation, and and it and it lets us know. Just in case we were confused by this, this isn't just how Jesus happened to be born. This was the plan. Yes, God chose these foolish things mm-hmm. to shame the ones who think they're wise. Yeah, He chose all this stuff. This wasn't just chance. He chose a feeding trough. Yes. He chose an, uh, what looks like an illegitimate birth. Mm-hmm. Mary didn't have a husband at the time, and everybody knew about that. And he, he chose, he chose yeah. to allow Jesus to be ridiculed by that. Yes. Which is, that's a hard choice. Yes. And then who are the ones that come? Well, we did get some wise men. They're not kings, some wise men from from the east. But the crowd at the birth are shepherds. And as you said uh, recently, that their testimony didn't hold up in court. Yeah, in in ancient Near East culture, um, around, you know, Palestine area and that sort of area, shepherds were, you know, this says God chooses the lowly to shame the lofty. Well, uh, shepherds were considered pretty lowly as a group. Mm-hmm. They were towards the bottom rung of society. And there were some religious reasons for that, namely that they were almost continually unclean because they're dealing with feces and blood and stuff like that all the time. And so they didn't really have a great part in the worshiping community mm-hmm. of Israel. Um, and we know how the religious leadership at the time had become very strict and legalistic yes. because Jesus deals with that not not too long afterwards with the Pharisees. And so the whole unclean thing was a big problem. Tanners was another profession that were unclean because you're dealing with urine. And where does Peter end up going? He ends up hanging out with the tanner in the area, you know, years later. And so like God continues to choose these folks that other people wouldn't choose. The woman with the blood disease for 14 years, she was unclean. And she got her miracle. And so God, this is a pattern and we see a recurring pattern. And so God choosing shepherds, um, and based on my research, at least in a lot of places, shepherds weren't allowed to even testify in court. Their, their testimony was not considered valid. We know women couldn't testify in court, um, cause their testimony was never considered valid cause you can never trust the words of a woman. That'd be silly. Um, and shepherds were often another one in that category. They were, they lived on the fringe literally cause that's where the sheep grazed and they weren't a part of the worshiping community. They didn't tend to be a part of the culture. So they kind of had their own culture. Think like gypsy Mm -hmm. that even today in Europe is a big problem and they're still outcasts and, and it's a real difficult thing in a lot of places. Um, and so shepherds were, didn't have high esteem. 
which is to me weird. And I blame it on the religion. I don't know for sure that's why, because of the uncleanliness thing, but I'm guessing that's a lot of it. Because there's a lot of great examples of shepherds in the Bible, in the Old Testament. I mean, you rattled off a list a minute ago. What, what, what are some of them? Yet Moses, who mm -hmm. was a shepherd after he became 40. Yep. Uh, Abraham. Abraham was famous. a shepherd. David was a shepherd. Yep. Uh, was Jacob? It seemed like... He, he had many flocks. By the time he left uh, uh, Laban, he had more than Laban, is what it says, I believe. And so, yeah, there's tons of examples of, of shepherds in the Bible. And, and the good shepherd. And, and God himself describes himself as a shepherd. So it's not evil. It's not inherently bad. Yes. Even if it was viewed that way by some people in society. Um, Jesus himself, I am the good shepherd. I am the shepherd of the sheep. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me because they know me. Um, so there's a lot of great shepherds in the Bible. And so the fact that shepherds were disrespected in that society, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird personally, but again, it makes perfect sense for God to choose them. Cause like the verse you just read, he continually chooses the lowly and the outcast. Um, one thing I think is interesting, and we won't go too far afield on this, but um, Micah 5.2, it prophesizes that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. And he was, of course. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Um, Bethlehem was famous for their shepherds because that was the area, and we know this from various historical documents, that the Passover lambs were raised because that was like a specialized field of shepherding because you had to be able to genetically continue to produce unblemished lambs. So very difficult in that sense, because they were very picky on the kind of lambs that could be sacrificed for Passover versus not. And the shepherds um, in the Bethlehem region were known for, this is where the Passover lambs are raised. And when they're ready, they bring them up to Jerusalem. And I think it's interesting that that's where Jesus is born, because Jesus is the Passover lamb. Mm -hmm. And that's who he came to be. He came for that reason. He came as a sacrifice for all. And so to be born in the same town where the Passover lambs are born, the other Passover lambs, if you want to look at it that way, I think is not insignificant. It's very typical um, Jewish symbolism. And then we know that Jesus was crucified at the same time as the Passover lambs were crucified because it talks about the exact hours that he was on the cross um, during that time. So it's, a, it's an interesting Another bookend. Sure. He's born with the Passover lambs. He dies with the Passover lambs. Um, and that sort of thing to a first century audience, especially Jewish audience, was really, really significant. We look at it today and we say, oh, that's a neat coincidence, you know. Uh, but I think it was more than that. And it's even possible, this is a total conjecture, this is more Nate fantasy, but uh, it's possible that the shepherds that the angels go to are those shepherds. Maybe the ones who are raising Passover lambs. Um, I think that'd be neat yeah. um, if that were the case. Yeah. Um, okay. Either way, I like that God tends to show honor and give favor to people who no one else would. Mm -hmm. No one else is going to give honor to shepherds. No one else is going to give favor to them, but God does. I like and I think that's awesome. And the best thing about it is they obey. Here, I, I was just going to read that yeah, yeah. and make that, make that comment that... Um, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I hadn't thought about this before, but that's in contradiction to the scribes who are helping the Pharisees find, I'm sorry, help 
the wise men find their way. They said it's in Bethlehem of Ephrathah, for so uh, the prophet tells us. They didn't move. They had the goods. They had the news, but they didn't move. The shepherds, they hear this mass choir, and they say, let's go. And it says they went with haste. That's a really good comparison. It's, the scribes, the people who do this for a living, the theologians. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're saying the Messiah is born? Okay, well, it's going to happen in Bethlehem for sure, because that's in Micah. Okay, awesome. They don't even leave. No. How would you not go? Isn't that crazy? That's, that's like your whole life, your whole job. Now, maybe maybe Herod told them they couldn't go, but I doubt it, because Herod wanted to know if he was there, because he, he had plans to, to murder that baby. Whereas the shepherds, who you wouldn't expect... Unlearned, probably most of them were. Yeah. Um, I doubt too many of them could read or write other than making a few marks to do buying and selling. But um, but they, because the angel, correct me if I'm wrong, but the angel doesn't say, go and see the baby. She just says, I, for some reason, it's a she in my mind. I don't know. Uh, it's an angel, probably genderless, but um, you'll, you'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, this lying in a manger. To you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's not like an imperative command, like a go ye therefore and worship yes. the child. They say, wow, let us, let's, let us go. Guys, you let's do this. Let's actually go and see this. Yes. Um, which God, so they recognize right away, this is God. These were angels. This is God. This is legit. Mm. Let's go see this thing that God told us about. Yeah. Um, and again, how would you not? Um, but what an interesting contradiction between the scribes who you would absolutely think would run to it and the shepherds that you wouldn't expect. And this is throughout the birth narrative over and over again. God does what is unexpected. And I, it's, it's just fascinating to me. I, I, I also, I really hope this is on Blu-ray when we get to heaven, because I want to watch this story, all these stories so closely. I want to see Mary and Joseph's face when the shepherds come and say, hey, a bunch of angels <laughs> just showed up and started singing and told us that the Messiah was born, that we'd find him here and here you are. Can we worship your baby? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, because they've, they've received nothing but rejection so far. So I feel like that would have been a balm to, to Mary, you know, and Luke, when Luke is talking about Mary, cause he used Mary as one of his main sources for all this. Um, when he was writing his gospel, he constantly says things like, and Mary treasured all these things. It's right here. Kept them in her heart. And I think this is one of those things that she treasured like, wow, that was so neat, God, because there were hard days ahead. They went with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, here's the proof that they were the right people to hear it. They made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So they proved they were the right people mm -hmm. to hear the choir yeah. because they responded. They responded at the birthplace and they responded later, glorifying and praising God. It's a cool, it's a cool story because the shepherds could have been bitter. Mm -hmm. Could have been like, what? We're, we're not dealing with those folks. We don't even like those people, blah, blah, blah. They could have been Victims can become bitter, right? And they were not. They were open enough, or at least they responded correctly. They might have been bitter before, but they let God transform them 
at the moment when those angels started singing, which how would you not be transformed by that? Right. Um, but they, they obeyed and they praised God. And it was, I mean, it's a beautiful story. And then all the people wondered what the shepherds were saying. I, I think that's his nice way of saying, yeah, people thought they were straight up crazy, but not Mary. Mary held on to that and she stored it away. And I imagine Luke 40 years later interviewing Mary about what had happened. And she said, this is, this is the story I want to tell you about these shepherds that came. And she, she remembered it because she kept it close because it was so important. And I bet she held on to that, uh, you know, a year and a half later, two years later, when they had to run for their lives um, from a mass murder. Um, it's just, it's such a cool story. And I wonder, you know, we don't hear about what happened to the shepherds later. You know, I kind of wonder, were, were they going around like after Jesus became a great prophet and then a healer and then, oh, I, yeah, he's actually the Messiah. Like, did they become Christians? Did they tell their grandkids, you know, angels came and told me when Jesus was born. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to follow some of those storylines. Somebody certainly has written a novel on that. Oh, I'm sure. If not, we should get on that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the wise men coming later. Mm -hmm. Do we want to say anything about that? I think we should save the wise men for a little later. Yeah. There's, there's so much there. Good. I mean, we hinted to it already with, with the, yeah. when the wise men went to Herod, but there's so much there with the wise men themselves. And there's so much more there with Herod. Again, the one who, he's the king of the Jews. He should receive Jesus. He should receive the Messiah. What else is his job in life <laughs> other than to help, you know, the Messiah, to help God? Uh, but no, not at all. And it's almost like God knew <laughs> that was going to happen. Um, and so I, I love, there's many reasons why I love the Christmas story. And we all love the, the songs and we love the carols and we love, love the, everything is so cute and nice. But I do like to remind people at this time of year, you know, not everything was cute and nice. Silent Night is a beautiful song and it's not that accurate. It was not a silent night. It was a screaming night and a bloody night and a scary night and a difficult night. And we like to romanticize it, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Nah, definitely not. A lot of crying, a lot of pooping. Maybe he didn't nurse right away and it was, it was difficult. I mean, who know, we don't know, but it was real. It was real and it was human and it was, it was not floaty and spiritual and nice. It was difficult. Uh, Mary certainly wouldn't have called it a silent night. She would have been, that, that was probably one of the harder nights of her life, I would imagine. Can't imagine how scared she must have been. Um, fortunately, she had Joseph there with her, but it was tough. And, the, and just to get to that place, Jesus had to give up so much and risk so much and be so vulnerable. And this was all so humble and so humiliating and difficult. And I think it's important for us to remember that those truths as well. It can still be a fun time and a cute time. And it, I'm not against singing any of those Christmas carols. Okay. I'm just saying that let's remember the massive sacrifice that the incarnation actually was. Yes. And I think that makes us more grateful for the gift that was Jesus. When we can see what he gave up, what he went through for us, it makes the gift more meaningful. I mean, like, um, 
my son just had his birthday and I gave him a gift that I found that I hadn't been planning on getting. Um, but it was really, really, really discounted. Right. And so I gave this, it's a, a drone, like a flying oh my. Star Wars drone. And I had seen them before and wanted one for myself, but they were really expensive. But I saw a crazy discount. And so I got it for him and I'm like, Hey, and we're looking at it. And he was like, this is so cool. And I was like, yeah, these are really expensive, but I got a good deal on it. And he's like, how much are they? And the price tag was still on. There was like 180 bucks originally. And that made him go from like, this is a really neat gift. I like it to, whoa, this is a really special gift. That's more, had you paid full price, that would have been more money than you've ever spent on anything you ever bought me. That's his, the reverence for that increased. He was more careful when he was taking it out of the package. And like, I thought that was a cool example of how value can relate to reverence. Like understanding what Jesus gave up, it, I think it helps us to see how valuable this gift really was, especially knowing that he came in order to be ridiculed more and rejected more and ultimately killed for us. Like that gift really is precious. Yeah. And I feel like we should have more awe at Christmas, like, oh, wow, as opposed to, oh, mm -hmm. isn't that cute? Yes. That that's a great message, Nate. That's a great message. Well, why don't we pray? I'll pray. And if you want to toss in something, you can too. How's that? Father God, we thank you for giving this gift to us of your son, Jesus. And I know we can't fully understand what it is that he had to give up in order for the incarnation to be possible. And I don't think we'll understand it till we get to heaven, but we... We want to recognize that we see that sacrifice mm. and we see the sacrifice and the risk and the vulnerability and the ridicule and the rejection and everything else that was happening around the time of the birth. We see that and we recognize that and we praise you for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God, you are awesome. And the way that you did this was awesome. And I pray that you would help us in our own hearts, with our families, as we talk about this with our kids and mm -hmm. with our grandkids, that we could instill into them that, oh, as opposed to just the, oh, isn't that cute? Pray that we could keep that in mind this Christmas season, that you'd help us to be more thankful for everything that you've given us, and that we would respond by giving ourselves to you the way that the shepherds did and the way that the magi did later. I pray that we would also respond well and appropriately, that we'd give up the sheep in the field. They just left. <laughs> the shepherds just left them because this was more important. I pray that you would help us to let the things of earth grow strangely dim. Pray that is it Jesus for name. this episode of Amen. Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.